today with Catherine Ruinala. No, I, uh, I want to share with you a scripture from Luke chapter 4 today, if you want to turn with me. But before I do that, I was reminded as I was worshiping tonight of a scripture that the Lord gave me uh, today as I was just reading this morning in my morning devotions. It was from Psalm 50, verse 15. And it says this, call upon me, hallelujah, call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you and you shall glorify me, or in, in the New American Standard, and you shall honour me. And for me, that was just such a word from the Lord, a rhema word for me. God spoke that to me today. Something I was, I'm really, I need a breakthrough in a certain area so we can do some ministry and and I just, oh, come on, God, I was just praying. And I, I sat down to open my Bible, and this is what the Lord spoke. Call to me in the day of trouble, and I will help you, and you will honor me. I was like, oh, that's so great. <laughs> Thank you, God. Yes, all right, I'm calling. Here I am. Thank you, Lord. You will help me, and I will honor you. Fantastic. That's fantastic. And I was just meditating on it all through the day. And um, then during worship, I was just thinking, oh, I'll share that scripture with them because I think that'll encourage some people. As so I'm picking up my phone to find out, remember where it was, um, Pastor James leans, leans over and he says, and he began to speak exactly about the thing that I was needing a breakthrough for, not knowing what had happened. He said, oh, yeah, the Lord just spoke to me about that. And he showed me. And, and just told me the, the, the thing that the Lord was going to do. And I was like, that's astonishing. As I'm reading the scripture, the prophet leans over and, and just says, yeah, um, did that happen? Well, yeah, this is what God says is going to happen. And I thought, wow, Jesus. And it's so nice when God speaks to us personally like that, isn't it? The other week I was walking around talking to the Lord just bringing all my requests, undoing the pile like I do. You know, we all have piles, piles of things, not actual piles, but like <laughs> piles of things, inbox in your head of things that are going on. And the Bible says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, come on, it's a memory verse, you can do this with me. Make your requests known to God and the peace of God will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So it's so important that we talk to him. I was singing to myself today, um, what a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. Oh, because we do not carry, some of you know this, everything to God in prayer. Hallelujah. And I tell you, the Holy Spirit wants to remind you of what peace we often forfeit because we don't come to him with the inbox and talk to him about all the things. Well, anyway, I was walking around the garden talking to God, dealing with the inbox, all the things that I needed to talk to him about, all the things I need help with, all the requests, thanking God for it. 
And I felt the Holy Spirit just, I just felt the Lord speak to me and, and interrupt me and just, just mention, he said, um, I really like that you're doing that in response to some ministry thing I was doing. And the, the tone of his voice is what struck me. He spoke to me like someone would speak to you that thought you were really good. Like without any form of cynicism, God knows me. He has known me since I, before I was born. He knows everything about me. And yet, and you'd think maybe he'd talk to me like, yeah, I know what you're like. I'm going to encourage you. It's good that you're doing that. That's a good thing. But, you know, I, I sort of know, you know, that you've let me down many times. And, but, hey, because I'm God, I'm going to encourage you. Yeah, that's good. It's good that you're doing that. He didn't have that sort of tone. His tone was, oh, I really like that you're doing that. And he spoke to me like I was somebody that had never done anything wrong ever. And do you know that's the truth? That's what the Bible says. He says he doesn't even remember your sins. In fact, he spoke to me like someone he was really pleased with. Like, oh. And the tone of his voice was the highlight of my whole week. You see, I know it in my head that confess your sins to the Lord and he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness, that he'll make no mention of past sins, that he won't ever recall them again. He's thrown them into the sea of his forgetfulness, that there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. For the law of the spirit of life has set them free from the law of, the sin, of sin and death. Praise the Lord. Every time I say a verse that's a memory verse, you can just join in. That would be, that'd be great. Hallelujah. But it, it was having him speak to me that was just so special to me. And then I think it was earlier in this week, I can't remember, or last week, I had a dream. And as I woke up from the dream, I, could, I, I, I always wake up trying to think about what was I dreaming just in case God was speaking. And I woke up and, and the Lord had been speaking to me like... We had been, he'd been instructing me, teaching me. And he was telling me in the dream, don't pray for the sick, command them. I went, oh, that's good, God. Yeah, I've read that so many times. I know that. I know the story about Wigglesworth. Have you ever heard the story about Smith Wigglesworth? He gives an example. Well, he's got lots of examples. But he gives the example of being at the bus stop and, and watching this lady with her little dog following her to the bus stop. And she's saying, go on, honey, you have to go home. Go home, darling, go home. And she's not, the dog's not listening. And finally, she raises her voice and says, go home now. And the dog goes home and he writes, that's how you talk to the devil. <laughs> and, and so I know, I know. You, you, you command it, you speak to it, you speak the word. But when God spoke that word to me personally, I was suddenly like, oh, I really need to think about this. I need to. And isn't it funny how we can know things? We can quote it. We can preach it. We can talk about it. But when the Holy Spirit brings it to your remembrance and reminds you personally, suddenly it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. 
And that's the beauty of having a dynamic living relationship with Jesus. Hallelujah. It's not theoretical, it's real. And this morning when I read that verse in the Bible, though I didn't hear his voice speaking to me, um, you know, like an audible voice or a vision, he was speaking to me just as clearly and powerfully through his word as I opened up my Bible. Hallelujah. And the Bible promises that his sheep hear his voice. You can hear his voice. Look to him with an expectation that he'll feed you, that he'll give you what you need, that he'll be your encourager, your ever-present help in time of need. Amen? So I, I, I've, I've been enjoying that, that God is joining in and, and really encouraging me. I've been soaking in um, just reading about healing and the will of God for healing, which we, of course, we know and, and just all the healing scriptures, there's so many, hallelujah, all the way through the Bible. And then in my dreams, the Lord starts encouraging and speaking. But let's read this uh, passage in Luke chapter 4. It's about our wonderful Jesus. It says here, Now he arose from the synagogue and entered Simon's house. But Simon's wife's mother was sick with a high fever, and they made request of him concerning her. So he stood over her, and rebuked the fever, and it left her. And immediately she arose and served them. Now this is really interesting to me in relation to my dream. Jesus, everything he did on the earth as a man, he did as an example for us of how we can live, fully empowered by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And Jesus didn't go in and say, oh, you poor dear, it's pretty awful. Let's ask God to try and do something. He walked in and he rebuked the fever. That's all it says. You know, this week, my, my husband, who never, ever really seems to get unwell, his very strong constitution, got a bit of a sniffle and a cold. And I thought... Ooh, I don't want to get that. You know, he's right there in the bed next to me, like, oh. And, and then the, the following night, I got a bit of a sore throat, and I went, ooh, ooh. And, you know, got tempted to think, oh, I got a meeting on Friday night, you know. I've got all these things I've got to do. Do I have to try and organize someone else to preach? Just, you know, because I don't want to go if I've got a cold. You know, we're telling everybody to be good and stay home if you've got colds or whatever. What am I, and then I went, what am I thinking? Stop it. And I, I, I was in the bed. Tom's there beside me. And I just said, Morris, go away in the name of Jesus. You can't stay here. Get, go in Jesus' name. And went to sleep. I woke up well. And been well ever since. And, you know, it seems like a simple little thing, but I believe the Holy Spirit is wanting us to wake up and come to a level of maturity where we start to use the authority that we've been given to speak life to our own bodies, to speak life to our own situations and not tolerate them. I remember when uh, my daughter Jessica was in high school, and she was playing basketball, very competitive, a bit like her brother Joseph. And um, all in, they just go all in when they play, uh, which is a great, a great thing. But she was play they were playing mixed basketball at school. With the, she's little 
petite thing and big basketball guys as well in the other in the other class. And um, she got knocked down and hit her head on the concrete. And we only lived five minutes away. I got a call from the school saying, Jess is on the basketball court. She's fitting. They can't seem to stop it. They've called the ambulance. You better come. I tell you, I, don't, I probably still had my Ugg boots on. I don't know, but I was in the car. <laughs> I was there so fast. And I walked straight onto that basketball court. The, the, uh, the um, PE teacher was there squeezing her ear until it had gone all purple and blue because he thought that if you squeeze her ear, it might stop the fitting from the, the head trauma. And I, I just walked in and... I tell you, as a mum, I, I didn't care what anybody thought. I just like, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And then the ambulance arrived. I got there before the ambulance. That's what mothers do. <laughs> I got there. She's, she's opens her eyes, stops fitting, everything's fine. And um, they take her to the hospital. I go with her. They do the CT scans and all the things because they figure this has got to be pretty serious for her to be fitting for such a long time. And they did all the scans. They said, there's nothing. There's nothing wrong. She didn't even have a bruise or a sore head or a headache. The next morning, she says, I want to go to school. I said, darling, they'll think I'm a terrible mother. She didn't have anything, anything wrong. And it reminded me, that fierceness I felt. It's my baby. It's the same attitude God wants us to have to anything that comes against us as his body. Hallelujah. And he wants us to be uh, fiercely remembering that this is what God wants us to do. He wants us to um, live free. We've had, the other night, I was at home and I think Tom must have been out and I heard squeak, 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 squeak. And I looked and I saw a little tail go. I went, there's mice in the house. We live next door to a sheep farm, and so we do sometimes, they sometimes come into the house. And I tell you, I didn't just sit there and go, oh, well, never mind. We'll just let them live with us. (laughs) Oh, no. Immediately. Immediately, we're doing something about it. Uh, we got the, the baits going on, the traps going on. I'm on the, online going, I heard about this thing that you put in the wall that makes a sound that makes it go away. <laughs> Order. <laughs> I'm not tolerating this in my house. No way. Are you serious? No way. <laughs> and I was talking to Tom about this. And um, he was saying, you know, that's a lot like what we got to do with the enemy. We got to have an attitude. We're going to attack it from every angle. We're not going to tolerate this in any way, shape or form. We're going to put a thing in the wall that makes a continuous sound that makes it too uncomfortable for them to even be here. (laughs) 
<laughs> you look like Abby, like I'm crazy, but I think it works. Hallelujah. <laughs> and that's something we can do with the Word of God by just living in it, by talking in it, talking about it. We had these things once before, years ago, and then someone unplugged them and put them somewhere, and then the mice came back. And you know, you can know the word, you can have a victory, but if you don't continue to live in that place of speaking the word, of defending your territory, hallelujah, by declaring the word of God, the enemy will try to take advantage. And it's a, it's a little, bit, little bit like, I mean, I think Trevor Meredith bought a caravan or something like that, not quite, something camper van. Imagine, but imagine you'd bought a, a nice big caravan and Meredith stocked it up with all the things to go away and all the goodies in the cupboard. And the next door neighbor thought, oh, that's a nice caravan. I think I'm just going to move in. Imagine, imagine that, that that happened. Do you think Trevor would, would ring me up and say, can you please pray? Someone's moved into my caravan. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> I, I don't see it happening. Because we aren't supposed to tolerate what God has mandated. And the heart of the Father is for us to realize, hey, we need to stop playing victim and start speaking and rebuking those things that are coming against us in the name of Jesus. And in Jesus' name saying, no, we're not having that in the name of Jesus. You know, we, many of you, if you've been in the kingdom for some time, you, you've probably done this many, many times. But sometimes I've done it with an attitude of, yeah, okay, yeah, speaking the word, speaking the word, get out in the name of Jesus, speaking the word. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking and making preparations for what happens if it doesn't happen. And this is, this is not what faith looks like. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's a, it's a rest where, where you're thinking, well, that's it. Easy, done. That's what happens. That's the way it is. And I'm not basing what I believe on what I'm experiencing or what I'm seeing or on the symptoms or on anything. This is the way. It's God's way or nothing. That's it. That's what's happening. And when you come to the place of settling that God is trustworthy, God is true, and I'm going to speak this not as a, an attempt to see something happen, but just simply as a legislation, things are different. You see, I believe the heart of the Father is for us to recognize that He is more for us then we realize sometimes we behave as though we're outsiders trying to make God do something by using the, the tools that he's given us when in fact, he's already living on the inside of you. God in you is ready to rebuke the fever. God in you is ready to speak to the circumstance. I, I shared an example the other night. Um, I come in on Fridays and Sundays and I expect that there's gonna be a worship team to lead us in worship. Pastor Aaron leads our worship team. He's given his word that he's going to make sure that that happens. And so I don't agonize all week long 
rubbing my hands together thinking, oh, is he going to turn up? I hope, oh, I hope there's going to be worship when I turn up. I hope they're going to remember. I hope that, oh, uh, Aaron, Aaron, do you remember that you promised? It's just easy to trust him. He said, yeah, we made an agreement. He said, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. I can trust Aaron and not even lose any sleep about it. I'm not talking to Tom the night before. Do you think Aaron's going to turn up? I hope he turns up. What do you reckon? I hope he promised he would. Aaron promised he would. I hope he does. Do you think he will? I'm just able to rest. It's not even an effort. But God, who isn't a man, who cannot lie, has given us his promise, his word. Now, Aaron, the most wonderful man that he is, if suddenly the government decided, hang, sorry, sorry, nobody's allowed to go to church tomorrow, bang, then Aaron wouldn't be able to do what he promised to do. But God isn't limited by anything. Why do we struggle to trust God when he speaks? The word of God, he is faithful and true. And the more we allow that word to meditate, to meditate on it, to think about it, to speak about it, to chew on it, to celebrate, sing, O barren, you have not born, to get happy about it as though it's already happened, to call those things that be not as though they are, how much more trustworthy is him? Is this one who speaks to us personally, this one who has promised, he who has purposed it will also do it. Hallelujah, for he is faithful and true. Amen. Amen. Let's just read a couple of scriptures. Exodus 15, 26 says, I am the Lord who heals you. Not I am the Lord who might heal you, could heal you. I am, that's who I am. I am the Lord who heals you. Hooray. Psalm 103 verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. Hallelujah. Who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. And that's just the beginning. We could spend hours reading out loud the promises of God for those who will believe. I believe that there's a supernatural shift happening in the hearts of so many believers. The Spirit of God is coming to reinforce the Word, the written Logos Word to our hearts so that the people of God begin to say, oh, I get it. That supernatural revelation. He said it. Just like the testimony I shared the other night of the young woman with tuberculosis. And Tia Osborne talks about her. That she had read in in 1 Peter chapter 2 about how God um, is so faithful to save us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Oh, isn't it wonderful I'm saved? And she was thinking to herself... Well, I can, I can die 
in contentment, knowing that I'm going to heaven. Isn't that wonderful? Thank you, Lord, for your salvation. But then she kept reading. And as she kept reading, she realized, by whose stripes you were healed. And as she looked at it, she thought about it again. By whose stripes you were healed. Well, the same passage, he's talking about my salvation, and I absolutely believe that he's done that. And this is the same thing. By his stripes, you were healed. We were healed. It, it was done at the same time as forgiveness and salvation on the cross. And she just got suddenly so excited, she called out to her mother, Mom, did you ever see this? Did you know? That at the same time that Jesus died and rose again for my salvation from sin and to, to give me eternal life, he, he says, I was, I was, I'm done. That's it. I'm healed. So get my clothes. Get my clothes. I want, I'm healed. Oh, this is so exciting. And the mother thought she was a bit hysterical and, and said, come on, honey, settle down. And she said, no, no, no. And she just got up out of bed herself and went and got her clothes and put them on. And as she did, she was healed. Within three weeks, she'd put on all the weight again. was completely fine. And I got so encouraged when I read that because it's a demonstration that God is looking for us not to sit back and try to hope that this word thing works, but actually to take action. 